Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in the Beacon's Light. SWRC.com gives you access to one of the nation's largest collections of prophecy-related materials, books, and DVDs with new items being added almost every day. Resources from Mark Hitchcock, Billy Crone, Ed Heinsen, Noah Hutchings, Tom Horn, Larry Spargimino, and many, many more. SWRC.com. That's SWRC.com. Hello there, friend. This is Jerry Tyson in The Beacon's Light. Once again, we're drawing from a chapter in our forthcoming book, The Keys in My Song of Praise. Surely you can think of people you have known who were giants in your life, who made a huge difference in your upbringing, your schooling, mentoring, or friendship. We think of giants in every field of endeavor, and each of us could begin to make a list with little effort. When it comes to the field of music, there have been composers who stand at the top of any list that could be made in classical or sacred music. Bach, Beethoven, Brahms, Haydn, Mozart, they'd be on any list. There are many more from the 18th century to today that could be added. There are hymn writers such as Philip P. Bliss, William Bradbury, or Fanny Crosby, the blind composer who wrote hundreds of poems, many dealing with what she could see in her mind's eye as she looked forward to the day she would see her Savior. Others wrote fewer but still memorable poems and the music to go with them that we consider to be the best in our hymnals. Of course, there are giants in other fields, science, education, sports, commerce, inventors like Edison and Tesla and Ford. There have been giants in our Christian faith since Adam, surely Moses, Joseph, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, the apostles, especially the gospel writers and Paul. On their foundations are built the churches and colleges and parachurch ministries that have won many people to faith in Christ. Now, it's always dangerous to start making lists like this because there's too many names that should be on them but are not. Throughout Scripture, we find giants. Early in Genesis is the account of the Lord God coming to Noah with a building project. Noah, build a boat! Not just any boat, but an ark designed to save humans and animals from a devastating flood. In the account of the preparations for the flood, one of the most curious of all passages in the Bible is found in Genesis 6. In verses 4 through 6, we read, There were giants in the earth in those days. And also, after that, when the sons of God came unto the daughters of men, and they bare children unto them. And the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Who or what? 
were these giants? Were they fallen angels, who, having lost their heavenly position, their first estate, were reduced to semi-human character, the Nephilim, and became the cause of all of the rebellion of that day? Were they the mighty men of old? Every culture has legends of giants or superhuman beings. The Roman, Greek, and Norse gods and others come to mind. There must have been something to those legends, for just as the flood legends that are worldwide, they have similarities that require that all sources for all of them were the same events and personalities, just given different names and locations in various cultures. Whoever they were, they were motivated by satanic direction, not from Jehovah. They caused enough trouble, wickedness, and evil, as the verses say, that they brought God to the point of being sorry he had actually made man. That statement alone in verse 6 could confound theologians for several lifetimes. God knew what would happen in advance, yet he created man. Then, later, he was grieved that he had done it. If you can figure out what all is involved in those verses, please write a book. Several mentions are made of the Anakims, giants whose presence in the land struck fear in the hearts of normal man. By the time we get to Deuteronomy 3.11, we're told, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. If a cubit was between 16 and 18 inches, as most believe, Og was at least 12 feet tall. We look up and get a stiff neck when talking to someone who is 6'6". Six, six. What would it be like to talk to someone who is twice as tall as the average person? Even worse than that, consider his food bill. The likelihood is that he was not agile. He would be carrying the bulk of at least 500 pounds, possibly more, but what he lacked in agility, he made up for in strength. He was not someone you would want to get angry with you. It's no wonder 10 of the Hebrew spies brought back the report in Numbers 13.33, and there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so we were in their sight. Imagine walking downtown, turning a corner, and running into someone who was so tall you didn't even reach his belly button. Quite possibly, he would walk over you, never knowing you had even been there squashing you like a bug. It's believed that some of the fossilized remains found in recent years have been of some of these giants who were taken by death in the flood. Goliath, the champion of the people of Gath, was not quite as tall as Og, but he was not someone to be trifled with. At God's command and with his guidance, David took him down with one stone in his sling. Now it's been said, that the stone from David's sling was the last thing that went through Goliath's mind. The biblically described giants were abnormalities, freaks. 
Very few people of recent years who reached the height of over seven feet tall have led normal lives. The tallest of all were singled out for sideshows, Ripley's Believe It or Not, and circuses. Many did not live a long life, let alone a good life. In another application of the Word of God, think about the people who have been giants in your life, your development, your education and spiritual nurturing. What made them giants to you? What better thanks could we give them than to emulate those traits and encourage our children or others we can influence to develop those same traits? There's an old song that gets little use in these days. See if you remember it, written by Arthur Arnott, is only a boy named David. Only a boy named David, only a little sling. Only a boy named David, but could he pray and sing? Only a boy named David, only a rippling brook. Only a boy named David, but five smooth stones he took. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And one little stone went in the sling, and the sling went round and round. And round and round, and round and round, and round and round and round. That one little stone went up in the air, and the giant came tumbling down. In the Beacon's Light is a production of Beacon Street Media. Feel free to contact us at www.swrc.com. This is Jerry Tyson reminding you that when we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sins.